Welcome to Psychopath in Your Life. This is episode number 61. I'm your host, Diane Emerson. I'm the author of the book, Psychopaths in Our Lives, My Interviews, which is now available on Amazon and iBooks and also the other electronic platforms. Anyway, welcome to the show and thanks for all your emails and I really appreciate the time you've been taking to tell me your story as several people have commented that actually writing down their story has been very carthetic. Anyway, you know what I mean. Um, it it helps to settle things in your mind when you actually put it down on paper. So I do appreciate your sharing. And I, I found this really interesting quote this week that I'd like to read before we start the show today. And it goes... If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. And that is a quote by Sun Tzu. T-Z-U. And I put it down below in the links. Okay, so let's get started today. And I'd like to read another listener's email to you today. Hey, Diane. Thank you for the podcast. I find great value in listening to it. I was in a relationship with a girl. Right from the onset, she told me she was a bad person. She had dated a guy for five years and ended the relationship pretty unemotionally. She also said that she'd done an online test, which said that she was a psychopath. I don't think much of this. How can an online test really tell you, right? Initially, she was constantly reminding me that she had a dark side to her, and I just ignored it, since I never saw this dark side. After a few months, things were going really well, and she stopped reminding me that she wasn't as nice as she seemed. Every now and again, she would tell me to guard my heart, which wasn't a nice thing to hear, so I asked her to stop. Eight months down the line, I was the happiest I'd ever been. After that, she'd also told me the same. I went away to work for a month, during which time things started to get going quiet from her side. She'd met a guy who'd introduced her to a Christian church. And when I came back, she told me she wanted us to take things easy. We'd been having amazing sex. As she wanted to make things right with God. A few weeks later, she told me that she liked the guy and felt like he was her soulmate. And a month after that, she said that she regretted having dated me and that she had been very selfish the whole time. So my question is this. Do psychopaths go to church so they can have someone tell them what's right and wrong? Or is she using God as a get-out-of-jail-free card? To say that she was a sinner when she dated me, and that all that is behind her now while she focuses on this new guy? Just to note, this girl is really the most honest, seemingly, and smartest person I've ever met. And even though the evidence points to her being a psychopath, I still can't really don't want to believe it. She has always been very spiritual and believed that God was talking to her and that she could see people's souls. And that was even before she met this guy. Thanks, Dan. Hi, Dan. It is a very common thing for the soulmate issue to be part of their deal. They really drag people in with that quote there. So in any case, 
You think she was probably lying to you, and that's a good thing for you to start to understand. They lied to you to get you in their clutches. But the only way to tell is if she has a conscience. And that's a dividing line between us and them, and I always say this. It would be very easy to misread a checklist. There's so many forms loaded with psychopaths. So yes, they do many times know who they really are. The the issue is they will never change. They lack the ability. They know the words to the song, but not the music. I think I got that quote right. Anyway, maybe she told you that, that so you would get even more involved and think you could rescue her. She probably isn't telling you the entire truth. There is a possibility she got a real evaluation, but really, who knows? The fact she is a psychopath should be enough to get your running shoes on and head in the opposite direction. The other reality is down the road, she just may be back. She may not have left for her good this time. When I interviewed the three psychopaths in my book, and it was confirmed to me that they do indeed tell people the truth about their dark side. The catch is most people brush it off as it just can't be true. I think it sounds like it would be quite common for psychopaths to troll religious places looking for victims, places like churches and synagogues and places like that. I've even heard of them trolling AA meetings um, for victims. So remember, people who are probably attending religious places are probably kind and caring, so that's kind of an obvious place for a psychopath to start trolling for victims. And I'd like to finish saying here, she may also be very smart as you describe her. That in itself makes your that in itself makes your situation harder on your part. You are likely seeing what you want to see. They do seek out a type. People seem to believe that because someone is really into religion, that makes them a good person. I am not saying this about all people who practice a religion of their choice. But in the case of psychopaths, it makes for a great cover, the religion part I'm talking about. You mentioned the sex was great. Over time, that will change. Keep in mind they have a lot of partners, so you're sleeping with everybody else she's also sleeping with. Let me ask you this. If she called you tomorrow and wanted to get back together, what would you do? You sound like a very kind and caring person. I know it isn't my business, but I would suggest working on issues that you might have because it is quite common for kind people to have more than one psychopath in their life. So this is so typical of, you know, we were talking previously about the term um, Stockholm Syndrome. And I really think in our case, we need a term of our own because Stockholm Syndrome kind of says what it is, but... We're talking about people who even face with the reality of evil that they're dealing with tend to want to minimize it, and they tend to want to always see the good. And they will even push aside all outside evidence that this person is evil. Um, If you read um, into what I'm saying here, he is very uh, much taken by her because of her intelligence and all these other things. So... You know, when people tell you who they are, um, pay attention. And I, I find this whole thing about psychopaths admitting they're psychopaths to be very, very interesting. Um, and it's true. And it's also the part that we all need to work on together is why when someone tells us something which should be so alarming, 
turn into something that we, in fact, minimize. So by minimizing, I mean, if somebody says that they're a psychopath, what are we really thinking that they're saying? Are we thinking that it's a joke? Um, are we thinking that, I think in a lot of cases, even when told this, People will cling to the good times, which is a very good thing, but it can be also a troubling aspect of the relationship. So at what, at what point do we block out all the other points of realism? For example, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that you can help this person to be a better psychopath? Or do you think what they did to these other people in the past won't be something they'll do to you next? Um, because I hear all, all the time about people who, they get rushed into these relationships. And so I keep wanting to reinforce that you're really not alone. And nor are you to blame because that's exactly how they get you going in this kind of a deal. I mean, think about this relationship this guy's talking about, Dan is talking about. He is giving every outside um, thought here about how much he cares for this person. and also. Seeming to believe from the very beginning that, you know, she's probably telling the truth about the psychopath thing. But just to be clear, I'm guessing here that Dan probably really, when she started talking about being a psychopath, probably didn't have a real good idea of what exactly that meant, which is what a lot of us enter into a, a situation. And we don't know what the word psychopath is. And the reason for that, it's not like we can't find the definition, is because it gets minimized. Everywhere we look, it gets minimized. I mean, I was watching some Ted Bundy movies, and he was even being referred to as a sociopath. So we always want to minimize these behaviors and not call it for what it is. I hear a lot of people throwing around the word nar narcissistic personality. When you see somebody who's been arrested for something, clearly they've got some lack of conscience going on there. So... What I see in a lot of these emails that I get is that we honestly believe that we can change these people. And I can't stress enough that change is not possible. Change isn't in the cards. And every time you pick up that phone, nothing will have changed except you will be drawn back into the beginning part of that relationship. So and it all happens because of people wanting to be... Um, kind. And that is something the world certainly needs more about. So if you've got into one of these relationships, you know, it's really a struggle to move forward because this person is probably obviously watching what you're doing. So they know when to re-enter the picture, when to re-engage you. And you have to remind yourself that you've got to be a very strong person to have even survived the relationship that you're in. That you should give yourself a lot of credit for. And always remember that it's my hope that even if you're still in a relationship, that someday you'll believe in yourself and you'll really believe in yourself enough to exit the situation safely. And the emphasize is, emphasis is on safely because safely is the key. And you might check out some local women's abuse centers. I'd probably look in a town that's not near your town, if it's a little bit further away. So there are ways out there to get help. Um, the one person that's probably going to have a hard time finding help are men, because 
there really aren't abuse centers for men. So if you're a man and you want some ideas, I could certainly give you some because we tend to minimize the effects that women can have in the abuse cycle. And there's no documentation about it, but we do know that um, it happens, but it, it goes, if you, if you think the numbers for women being abused go unreported, the issues for men skyrocket and very rarely ever get 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 um, exposed or talked about because there's this feeling that how could a man ever get abused by a woman? We have this real complex idea about what role women play in abuse. So it's really something to take a look at. And unfortunately for men, you're left out of the equation because we have this other society image beyond not wanting to recognize that there's psychopaths all around us. But we also have this stigma and image that we can't believe that a woman would behave in a certain way. So anyhow, so I have updated the links below to help you find some more information. And please do contact me. You can go to psychopath in our, excuse me, psychopathinyourlife.com. And there's an email box there that you can email me privately, or you can get my personal email address. And it shows for you. So I do really do look forward to hearing your questions and thoughts. But I really want to help, but I need to know what your concerns and questions are. And don't forget to get back to me on this question I posed last week as far as who were any extra people that you saw involved in your relationship with a psychopath? And please do remember that the show does rely on your contributions, and they're very much appreciated. And until next week, be safe out there. Talk to you later. Goodbye for now. (music) 